Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi line, a lot to do. Another full hour. Samich is going to join in. Also, Mike Palm. This is a great day for Palm and Palm's pressing three because what Circa does, as you mentioned, the contest numbers generally drop right about now. The big question across the NFL is we welcome you back. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher here on the Lombardi line is what's going to happen with Cleveland and Buffalo. We still have yet to have an update. I swear I thought we were going to get one in that first hour, Michael. They say they're not going to update till Friday, from what I'm being told, is and then because they want to give the system as much time to develop and understand, not that they're ever right with the weather. I mean, God knows, you know, especially when it comes to lake effect. I mean, Bond can tell you, like, you could be driving in, in Cleveland and, and it'd be sunny somewhere else and there'd be one area where it's getting lake effects. No, I don't yeah. even know how they predict it. It's really strange and bizarre. But, you, you know, I, I, I for the contest, the number will have an impact because I think if they post it at, at, at nine and it's played in Buffalo in the snow, that's way too much. If they post it at eight, maybe, you know, but I think if it goes to Detroit, you got to look toward the bills. You, you got to look toward the bills because I think on the carpet against the secondary that couldn't cover anybody last week against a run defense that struggled. I mean, it's a tough matchup for Cleveland against Buffalo, they need weather to kind of neutralize it a little bit and slow the field down. Everybody says, well, they can run Chubb. Well, like Miami knew they were going to rub Chubb. I mean, Miami got in a double eagle front. They kind of stu- they limited Chubb. And then Stefanski gets away from Chubb. I mean, people never talk about that, but he eventually gets away from him. It just shows you the difference in liability because tonight, Tennessee Green Bay, DraftKings is the only book I'm seeing at three and a half. And then Cleveland Buffalo, everybody's Buffalo eight, DraftKings is seven and a half. So it kind of shows you where books need certain percentages, obviously, where the numbers differ from book to book and region to region. Okay, so that's Cleveland and Buffalo. But Um, but let's go back one real quick second, Patrick. I mean, you know, Miami last week against the Browns team, they had nine drives. They only the only time they didn't score was when they decided to go for it on fourth down again and didn't get it. They averaged 7.3 yards per play against this Browns defense. And the Browns, for all this Chubb talk and Miami being bad on defense, Miami only allowed 4.8 yards, you know, and and the game was over by the third quarter. So to me, it's like everybody keeps saying they're going to rub Chubb, and they did against Cincinnati, but that's what they do. But against Buffalo, I think it's going to be a different game. 
And I'm sure by now you've seen the BFFs, Mike McDaniel and Tua, the video from last week. I'm sure you've seen it by now, which is uh, fun. No, I haven't, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. I'll pass. Don't, 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 don't look for it. Hey, by the way, just as an aside, Michael, is he gave a speech to over 3,000 people down in Miami. He's got some book work that he's doing down in Miami as well. I, I have to tell you, it freaked me out when somebody walked behind you. Aren't you in your hotel room? No, I'm not in my hotel room. So okay. somebody walked behind. I'm in a con. I had to the very nice people here at the Fountain Blue because I had to check out uh, of my room. Then I was, uh, you know, then I had to find some place gotcha. where this hotel is mobbed with conventions. And it's good to see in, in the economy today. And it's good to see in, in with post COVID now that people are back out on the road again. We are showing TBD for the Rams in the quarterback position. The expectations are Matthew Stafford has been cleared. The expectations are he's going to play. The Rams are in a bad way. They're at New Orleans. New Orleans is laying three. That tells you everything you need to know about the Rams right now. But it does, as far as quarterback answers, it does appear that Matthew Stafford is back. You know, we're talking about being disrespected by the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, can the Rams defending champions get any more disrespected? They're going to go play a New Orleans team that has not played well in the last two weeks. Got got killed at home by by Baltimore. Got destroyed by Baltimore. Then goes up to play a bad Pittsburgh team and loses to Pittsburgh. You know, and 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 gets beat there and has what 186 yards of offense and can't run the ball. They had 29 yards running against the Pittsburgh run defense that wasn't very good. So, to me, you know, I get, they're staying with Andy Dalton, but the Rams. You know, without Cooper Cup, where are they getting any? Where are they getting any play? I mean, this this New Orleans defense gave up 379 yards to Kenny Pickett. I mean, Pittsburgh ran for two this week. You know, and the Rams can't run the ball. No, what do the Rams do well right now? Can you answer? Can you riddle me that? They 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 walk around with the trophy. They t- remind everybody they won the trophy. That's the only thing they're doing well right now. I mean, what else do they do well? They can't run it. They're going to play against New Orleans, who gave 217 up to Pittsburgh in the run game. They're not going to be able to run it against New Orleans, especially on the road. Every time McVay calls a run, he's like, oh, no, I can't believe I did that. You know what was interesting last night? I said this on the podcast. I don't know if you've watched any of this hard knocks with Arizona, in-season hard knocks. And so they had it on last night when I got back to the room and I flipped it on. I'm watching it. And and they're, Colt McCoy comes over to Sean McVay after the game, who looked like he just got hit by a bus. And Colt McCoy's just Eddie Cleaver, so happy, you know, delighted. You could feel the teams really gets a good vibe around him, you know. And he's like, "Hey, you know, Aaron Donald didn't make a play in the game. Didn't have a didn't have a tackle in the whole game." And McVay looks at him like, "Yeah, yeah, I know." And he runs off the field. And I, I mean, it's a long road back. I mean, it is a long road out of Eden for these guys to come back. I really think it's going to be challenging for the Rams. And even though it's easy to say the Rams are no good, the Saints should win, you know. I just don't know what level the Rams are going to go to, to, to go all the way down. They're not good at all. The in-season hard knocks with Arizona. Have you read anything into the Kingsbury Murray interactions? Is there something to glean from that or just Murray's interactions with this team in general? You know, it was funny. The Murray was out to dinner on the Thursday night. You know, we went to Steve Kimes son's football game and then we were, somewhere else. And then, and then the, the, the dinner, the players were all out there, their, their group dinner Thursday night. And Murray was sitting there talking to, to the player, a young kid who had a start at guard with Aaron, with Aaron against Aaron Donald. And you, it kind of was a, a better interaction. I thought, 
But the Colt McCoy interaction between his teammates that was, was really good. It was really that good. Was, that was telling. Uh, another quarterback answer that we do have, Rivera. I thought he was going to string this out with Heineke and Wentz. It looks like Wentz is prepared to come back, but it's going to be Heineke. He officially has been named the starter. A couple of things here, Michael. Washington's at Houston. Washington's laying three. Okay? Houston, obviously, record-wise, the worst team in football. But this is a weird spot for Washington. They played an A-plus game in Philadelphia on Monday night. They did. And the turnaways were four, the turnovers were four to two. You knew Philadelphia wasn't going to keep on having that plus two margin in turnovers. Washington played about as well as they can. A little bit of a letdown spot as they head to Houston this week. You know, and this is what you, you know, this is where the head coaches really got to rally the forces. I mean, they didn't, they, you know, you worried about Heineke tearing this ball over. I mean, the formula to win in that game was pretty simple, right? We're going to run the ball. We're going to manage third down as best we can. We're going to complete some, and we're going to try to limit Heineke from turning this ball over. Now, they, the first first series of the game, they they let Sweat come around the corner and get a sack fumble. You know, that didn't work. And then Heineke typically throws the ball too high in the middle of the field. One of the problems you have when you take a young a quarterback who's uh, who's not tall, six feet or lower, or six one, they can't see down the field. That's why Baker Mayfield throws so many interceptions on overthrows because their depth perception of what they need to see isn't quite there. And so Heineke always tends to overthrow the ball in the middle of the field, which is kind of normal for a smaller quarterback. And they've got to limit his mistakes. He gives this team life, but he also gives the other team hope because he turns the ball over. And that's scary because this Houston defense is fast. I mean, the, the second half of the Houston game against the Giants, they didn't punt. They turned it over. They moved the ball against the Giants effectively. They had a big run with Pierce. Mills made a couple plays. He turns the ball over. Pierce fumbles. You know, that's what really cost them that chance to win that game. They're right there to the end, like everybody thought they would be, because Houston, Philadelphia, they're in, the, in it to the end. Giants are in it to the end. I think they'll be in it to the end against Washington. I would be scared to death to play Washington and lay the points. Oh, I agree. Be scared to death. I totally. That Houston's 1 7 and 1 record. You don't necessarily, it's not necessarily indicative. They do play hard every week. It's almost like the lions of last year. They play hard every week. And you know, it's funny. Heineke is going to throw a 50, 50 ball in every single game. He starts. That's going to get intercepted. That's just what he's going to do. And another thing, another thing with Turner and running the football, Robinson and Gibson weren't having success. They were getting two, three yards of carry, but they stuck to it. And I think that's what was important. They stuck to the run. They had to because they couldn't get they could they had to keep the clock moving. They had to play slow because remember the reason they played good defense was because they played 19 minutes of defense against Philadelphia. They really never stopped Philly. The two biggest stops in the game is the middle eight. They won the middle eight, right? So the yeah. Eagles got the ball with 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 time remaining in this in the first half, and they went three and out, and then they punted back to Washington, and the kid makes what the 58 yarder slide makes the 58 yarder right to go up 17 to 10 at the half. And then, and then they get the Eagles get the ball to start the second half, and they go three and out. They go three and out on the first drive, and that that those two drives were killers because at the end of the day, you know Washington just didn't play. They they were able to not play a lot of defense, and Philadelphia was able to. I mean, Philly averaged five six per play. Washington averaged four one. They averaged four one per play. You know, they weren't on the field. Yep. No, I know, and so. You know, they only had eight third downs in the game, Philadelphia, and they converted five of them. The, the, the Washington team had 21 third downs in the game, and then they went for it one time on fourth down. 
So they were yeah. able to control the football. But again, in the fourth quarter, right? Typical of the of the Washington football team, like they did against Minnesota. They had 18 plays. They throw an interception. They only got three first downs in the fourth quarter. I mean, Philly had nine first downs in the fourth quarter. The problem is they had three fumbles. Washington could have lost that game. It's a, a misleading of, game. It's, it's a way a misleading mis- game. Totally if you, misleading. If you think Washington played well and it's going to carry over to dominating Houston, I think it's a bad assumption. I really do. Now, they might, but I think it's a bad assumption. I really do. Washington had a 4-2 to turnover advantage. They had a 40-minute to 19-minute time of possession advantage and still could have lost that football game. Yeah. Houston, if that penalty is not you. called on Graham, if that penalty is not called on Graham, I mean, it's it's going to be over. And think about it, too. You know, and, and, and they had and, and, and they had Washington. Think about this. Had four first downs by penalty in that game. It's unbelievable. We're back with Samich next here at Lombardi Line. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Fellas, I want to come back to that conversation, but quickly, BetMGM, the king of sports books, of course, the sponsor of the Lombardi Line. Visit BetMGM.com or download the app. It's been reconfigured. You're going to love it. If you're in town there in Vegas, stop by any MGM property, bring your state-issued ID, you're ready to go. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Let's pick up the conversation from the break because I think it's important for the listeners. This is the Lombardi Line. Mike Lombardi on assignment down in Miami. Also in Florida, professional handicapper Mike Samich. But, fellas, let's go back. Michael, you were saying to Samich, he was on the right side with San Francisco, and we can walk through uh, Mike's take on that as well. Well, I, I think to me, when you go through your week of what you liked and what you didn't like, as I've learned this profession, and I and obviously I don't bet, but I've learned it, is that you have to be honest with your handicap. And sometimes you handicap wrong and win, and sometimes you handicap wrong and lose. And so you've got to differentiate. And I think Mike last week was very strong on San Francisco. 
and it was the right side. You know, they go two for five in the red zone, two for five in goal-to-go situations. They don't kick the extra point, which would have given them a push anyway. Like, if you took the Chargers, you could stick your chest out and say, oh, boy, aren't we great? But you got lucky. Like, that was just fortuitous. It had nothing to do with a handicap. It was just pure luck. And I think that you have to kind of balance that. Remember, Billy Walters, what is he, 58 59% of, of his plays won? So, and he's the best better of all time. So you're going to lose, but you got to figure out why you lose. Sometimes yeah, you I learn the more. There. Sometimes you learn more from the loss, Asamich. I want you to pick up with that and run with what Michael said. Yeah, you definitely do. I think you have to honestly look back at your bets each week and say, hey, was this a good bet? Was this a bad bet? And if it was a bad bet, why? And that, that San Francisco one, you give me, let me lay six and a half early in the week, seven later in the week again. Those two teams play again. I'm taking San Francisco every time. I mean, like you said, Michael, two for five in the red zone. They kicked three field goals inside the 10-yard line. Uh, you put, put one of those home and you're covering that game fairly easily. You also started out with just a, an abnormal drive from the Chargers where they were move, able to move down the field and get a touchdown. So it's one of those situations I look back at that. I think it was a good bet. Um, you know, every week you have some good, some bad. But it's important to really grade yourself and, and look back at how you're doing. And it also sticks out, uh, points out bankroll management, right? You got to make sure that you're not blowing it all in one game, no matter how good your handicap is. Things should just go against you. So you got to make sure that you, you have money that left for the next week to bet if you're, if you're going to be That's profitable. Right. And also, it always stings a little bit more in primetime when it's a standalone game and you've capped it well and you lose the football game because of those field goal attempts inside the 10. That really stings. OK, Mike Samich joining us here on the you know, Lombardi what stings line. worse. What stings worse is tomorrow at five o'clock. I got to listen to Russo, who was 0-3 for the week. I, and I'm one and two. And of course, he's going to attack me for I took San Francisco and Buffalo and I took the Giants. I should have been three and oh but I'm going to have to listen to him tell me I was not very good last week either. You know, so, you know, that's what stings more than anything. So Michael, so for those that don't know, Michael goes on with Chris Russo every Friday and does picks and Russo is trolling him incessantly. And he just went, Oh, and three, how he comes up with the troll this week is going to be fascinating. I'm just telling okay. you, I know how it's going to go. Oh, I I, trust it. me. I'm aware he, he, he will be clubbing you. Okay. Let's go. DraftKings is the only one showing three and a half tonight. Samich, Tennessee, green Bay, Obviously, the threes on Green Bay are juiced up everywhere. You've got a low total of 41. You're targeting a first-half play here. Yeah, I mean, sign me up for the first half under here. These are two teams that are going to want to run the football and keep this game close. Neither very explosive on the offensive side of the football. Uh, Derrick Henry right now, 22 and a half total rushing attempts is the number. You've got 28 total rushing attempts between the two Green Bay running backs. They're really high totals for a game. I mean, looking at 51 attempts on the ground for the game would, would lead toward the under here. You also have a weather situation. It's going to be colder. And I actually think Tennessee has some success here on the ground. you got two top 10 pass rush or pressure rate teams, according to PFF. But the, off, or the, the run-stopping ability on the Tennessee side is better than on the Green Bay side. So I think you're going to see Tennessee have some success on the ground, longer possessions, try and grind it out. I thought uh, there was actually a wonderful article today on ESPN. Bill Barnwell wrote about this Tennessee offense. They're considered one of the luckiest teams in the NFL here, sitting at 6-3. and three. One of the most interesting points, they are 29th in the NFL in EPA outside or in between the 220s. They are the number one EPA red zone team in the NFL right now and also clicking off at 77% touchdown rate inside the red zone, but they only get there 2.3 times a game. That kind of leans toward that under. When they get there, they score. That's why they're winning, but they're not very effective in between the 20s. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the, I, that's what I try to do with all my numbers and come up with them every week is is to figure out, like, where where their strengths are. And when I break this game down, you know, and I, and I break it down, I mean, Tennessee is – 
has got six areas that they're really strong in. The six of the 19 categories that I grade, Tennessee's strong in 19 in six of them, and they're and they're and they're in the top 12 in three of them. Now they have some deficiencies. They're, they have five areas of weakness and deficiencies, but to me, they're still a good team. It's just that they they know how to play situational football. I think the Barnwell. I didn't read it, but what he's really highlighting is the Giants, the Tennessee. It looks ugly. Minnesota. Situational football is determines the game, and if you don't play it well, and you do what Cleveland does and take stupid chances, and you don't play situational football well, that's going to kill you. Especially in these low-scoring games. I mean, that that makes a huge difference when each of these possessions and each of these red zone possessions make that much of a difference. Situational football and coaching and making that right decision is going to make all the difference here. I had no real side when it was three. If it gets to three and a half, and I could find that in a couple places, you mentioned just one place right now at DraftKings. I'd be interested in the Titans at three and a half. I don't think either team should be laying three and a half in this game. I think I concur, right, Michael? That hook is huge on Tennessee. If you can get it, over I, I think. Right I, I think. Look. What, you know, when I go through my game code numbers, right? So I, it, and the game code numbers for me are always about the 19 categories. You know, I, Tennessee that determine the outcome of the game, determine the outcome of the game. And I should write about this tomorrow so I can explain it better with more time. But Tennessee is the, the sixth best team in the league and the, the seventh best team in the league in those categories. They, they just, they are, they just have the ability to find ways to win game. It's not a, like the Giants are, the Giants are in the top 10 too. You know, that's where they are. And they find ways to win games. And when you do that, you become really good. Whereas like you take Houston, Las Vegas, Atlanta, Indy, the Rams, Chicago, they're really bad in those areas. Well, recipe for success, as Samich said, they're really good. Tennessee, once they get to the red zone, they're also tremendous on defense on third downs and they're tremendous on defense in the red zone. Those that's kind of a recipe for success when you're a team that's not necessarily explosive offensively. Okay. So Samich likes the under 20 first half. He likes over 22 and a half rush attempts from Henry. Let's move on the jets at new England. You're going to lay it the three with new England here. Samich. Yeah, this one makes no sense to me. Uh, New England was just minus three in New York, and they covered. And now we've got New England coming off a bye against a quarterback that Bill Belichick absolutely owns and Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm not sure why this is just three. It seems a little fishy, but I'm going to lay it here with New England, who I think is a better team at home. It's going to have a little cold weather up there again. I I don't see Zach Wilson being explosive against this defense. Uh, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I I would lean toward the Patriots, and I'd I'd lay the three here. It's just it's odd that you're seeing this at three after they were just three in New York a couple weeks back. Uh, I'm I'm with you. If it's three and a half, where would you go in this game, Mike? I'm probably passing at three and a half. Uh, that, that's, yeah. that's that kind of line there where I don't trust the Patriots offense enough. Uh, if you go back and you watch that first game, they turned Jack Wilson over three times. That's where a lot of the points came from. Uh, I do think they should have some success on the ground here. Uh, but the three and a half makes me start to worry a little bit. I'm probably passing at three and a half, but I, I'd lay the three. Okay. Yeah, the line of demarcation in NFL betting, of course, that three number. Next one up, we got about two and a half here. You like the Bears catching three and a half at Atlanta. It's mostly threes across the board. You got a good number there. Yeah, if that three and a half pops up again, this is definitely a bet for me. I'm still playing this at three. I think the bubble is kind of burst here in Atlanta. And what we saw early in the season was a really unique offense. There wasn't a ton of tape on how they were going to run this with Mariota. We started to see more and more tape and defenses adjust to that three of the last four games. Atlanta has scored less than 20 points. 
On the other side of the field here, you've got a Chicago offense that's figured out how to use Justin Fields. It's just that simple. Uh, the guy is not great at getting through his progression. He's not great at that first and second and third read. But if you have those design quarterback runs and you have him being confident with how he's going to throw the football and also when he's going to decide to run the football, you're seeing him be wildly effective on the offensive side of the game. The Atlanta defense just isn't very good either. This is a situation where I think you're getting the better offense with the plus three. And that's why we saw Atlanta cover a lot early in the season. You're getting the better offense and they were catching points. Now it's just the flip situation where Chicago, I believe, is the better offense than Atlanta. You also still have Terrell out at a cornerback for Atlanta. So that secondary a little banged up. And I don't mind this game being played in Atlanta either. I think the fast turf, again, favors Justin Fields and what he's been able to do with his legs on the offensive side of the football. So I'm going to take the dog here. I would take three. Three and a half have been sporadically coming up. Uh, you may be able to get that uh, closer towards Sunday as well. So give me the give me the Bears here as a road dog. Look, I thought the Bears were really unfortunate last week. I mean, that handicap for me was one of those. I think the Bears should have covered that game. You know, they get that horrendous call. I mean, a bad call on the defensive holding and out the interception. And they're going to I mean, they're, they're up 24-10 in the fourth, and they let a game slip away. That should not have happened. Uh, again, yeah. the splits page, make sure you go to vsan.com because Samich is right. That three is juiced up. Go ahead. Finish your thought, Mike. I, I agree with you, Mike. I think that last game, specifically that game against Detroit, was just kind of fluky. You have a mixed, missed extra point. They were up late. You had a bad interception by Justin Fields, a pick six that flipped the game as well. A lot went wrong for the Bears there. I don't think Atlanta's going to be able to be that opportunistic. Okay. RacingDudes.com, Mike Samich, professional handicapper. There's weather everywhere, but not in Florida, where Samich and Lombardi are. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll Thanks, talk to you Mike. next really week. really appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good weekend, guys. Okay. How is Circa going to handle this number? Cleveland and Buffalo. Also, Palms pressing three. That's next here at Lombardi Line. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Just as a quick aside over at VSIN.com, Adam Burke has a nice write up. VSIN.com on the betting ramifications as far as the market in Cleveland and Buffalo with the Thundersnow. So that's one. Two, you want to hear about Mike Palm and how he's going to bet the World Cup? especially in-game, we'll pick up the World Cup betting guide. It's tremendous. In-depth analysis on all eight groups, 32 teams, best bets, picks, predictions. Nigel Seeley's involved, and I mentioned Mike Palm did a great write-up. Go to vsin.com for the World Cup betting guide right now. We're back. Fountain Blue, Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Mike Palm circa. We're going to get to the Palms pressing three coming up in just a second, but let's talk about how you've been handling this Cleveland-Buffalo situation, Mike Palm. Yeah, obviously the numbers moved down, and the total especially. Um, where I think we're at 8-42 and 42 right now. So this is another example of know-your-house rules. If you've already made a wager, whether it's over-the-counter or online, you need to know the house rules of your book regarding venue change. So at Circa, the rule is if the game is played started more than 24 hours before or after the scheduled time that you made your bet, or the venue has moved more than 100 miles, it's void. It's a refund. So obviously, if they moved it to Detroit, um, you're looking at a refund. It's more than 100 miles. And, and it should be, right, because that changes everything. It changes the conditions. It goes in, into a dome, and the crowd changes. So if you do, in, in this game, if you've made your bet at Circa, and the game gets moved, and it's played on Sunday, but it's played in Detroit— We'll repost it when we know. Obviously, you're going to know on Saturday probably or even Friday. 
they're going to move the game. So you will repost the new number with the new conditions, and you can bet back into it with the refund. Mike, gotcha. let me ask. So how will you handle this for the contest? Will you just put a number there, assuming that, or will you hedge it so that if it goes to the dome or if it doesn't, I mean, because this could go either way in a con. This will be yeah. a huge contest play predicated on a where the game's played mm -hmm. because if it's played in the snow people are going to jump the browns and the points because yep. it's going to be hard to score if it's played in detroit people are going to jump the bills because the browns might not score we we always you know the guys in the back are great and, and you use it as a cue of posting a line of where we think it's going to close not what the line is on thursday at, at 11 o'clock or 10 30 so but but you're not going to hedge it right you can't put it in between and then and then one way or the other so you have to make the best guess scenario of where where do you think the game's going to be? I would suggest they're probably going to close this thing around eight eight around eight and a half, probably hedging yeah. a little bit if it goes to a dome, and, and then obviously Buffalo gets the advantage of the speed. How about an overview, Mike, on Circamillions and Survivor? Can we get a take on those two? I'm more interested to focus on Survivor right now, Patrick, because it was just the first week of the third quarter of the Millions. Uh, that 80% hasn't really held up the, the last few weeks, right? So <laughs> there's been a little bit of regression at the top to come back to the field. I, I want to talk about Survivor, Michael, because outside of the pressing three, I wanted you to put your Survivor hat on, and I want to give you a scenario um, that's common amongst the 86 remaining entries. We went from <laughs> 115 to 86. Ten were out on the Raiders, and I feel bad. Who knew Matt Ryan was starting? Ten out with the Eagles, eight with the Bears, and one with the Saints. I, I have to tell you, I have no empathy for the eight that were on the Bears because all of them I went back and looked had the Giants available. And I just hmm. think that's a mistake not to have used the Giants against Houston last week as opposed to the Bears against Detroit. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Thursday morning quarterback. So you have 86 remaining. If, okay, I'm going to give you a scenario. You don't have Baltimore because Baltimore looks like as close to a free square this week as possible. If you don't have Baltimore, but you have Buffalo, what's the best pathway to get through next Sunday? I would suggest it's saving Buffalo to use against Detroit on Thanksgiving and then come back with the Dolphins against the Texans next Sunday. But I'm going to give you three choices of teams, Michael, that are all three-point favorites this week, and you tell me which one you would use in Survivor if you had all three available. Uh, he's Monty Hall. Here comes Monty Palm. Door number, door, number, <laughs> door number one is your coach Belichick at home as a three-point favorite to the Jets. Door number two is Brian Dable and the Giants at home as a three-point favorite against the Lions. And an interesting door number three is the Commodores, a three-point favorite on the road against the Texans. So I, I think I lean here Giants. I, I don't trust the Commodores down there. And, let's, and let me explain why I don't trust them. Is because when you really go back and study the game on Monday night, a lot went in their way. They got four first downs by penalty in the game. They were able to control the ball for 41 minutes. And, you know, the Eagle offense was only on the field 19, 19 plays. They, only, they were able to have 21 third downs in the game, which kept the Eagles off the field. So I think when you watch the Giants play against Houston last week, Houston moved the ball, had five possessions in the second half. They could have scored on all five. They turned the ball over on, on two of them with the fumble by Pierce and then the fumble by and then the interception by Mills. I, I think the matchup on paper would favor Washington. And it's easy to go in that direction because this offensive line for Houston isn't very good. You know, the Washington defensive front should put some pressure, but to me, every time I think Washington's going to turn a game around, they should have beaten Minnesota, a good team, 
They beat Philadelphia, a good team, so they should kill they should kill Houston. Heineke turns the ball over, and it makes you really worried about it. And can they block the Houston front? Can Leno block Jerry Hughes and not create a turnover? I think that's an interesting question to answer. I think the Giants, I think the Lions were fortunate to win the game. I think the Lions got a lot of breaks. And just like the Washington football team got a lot of breaks, I think the Giants didn't play their best defensively. I think the Giants will attack Jared Goff. I'm not sure Goff's going to have his best game. I worry if DJ Chark plays in the game because I think that'll help the, the Lions offense. And he's practicing this week. But at the end of the day, I think the Giants will move the ball and control the ball against the Lions defense that's not very good. And they have enough ability to run it. And last week, the, my man Daniel Jones, he only had four incomplete passes. So I will take door number two, Mike Palm. Uh, it's interesting, Patrick. Uh, I agree. And I've had this question posed to me by three different people in Survivor for an advice. And I landed on the Giants in all three. My main factor is it's Detroit on the road. Detroit on the road for two weeks in a row. And and I think the Giants are very well coached. Patriots, to me, is an interesting option uh, in that he has such a weapon in that, you know, if he can get to the 35-yard line, he he racks up three points every time. And Zach Wilson, I just think he's a small guy and he's tough to play in this league. Anyhow, Patrick, I heard you talking about the regression of the Cowboys' defense. This is a prop I looked at because I, I think it's worth maybe a little uh, a, a little dabble at the price. Cowboys not to make the playoffs mm. at plus 950. Cowboys mm. not <laughs> to make the postseason mm-hmm. at plus 950. Mm. Wow. 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 Yeah. If you dig through the numbers over the past five, six weeks defensively, they're a sieve. I mean, they've been bad. I'll get yeah. into it a little bit in my pressing three. One of the one of the questions uh, is is tangent. But let me ask you this, Mike. Mm-hmm. Let me balance. So if if you like that prop, mm-hmm. then you got to believe Washington's going to beat Houston. I believe Washington will beat Houston. I also know that Washington plays very well against the Cowboys. Right. So uh, what it, I'm saying it, is they got the. I mean, the the Washington schedule going forward. It, it, this is the hard. This not, not the hardest game, but this is the one of the games where if we trusted Rivera and trusted Heineke, we would easily say they should beat the Texans, right? And yet we know that they don't handle success very well because if they're going to make the playoffs, they're going to have to beat Houston to make the playoffs because they're going to stub their toe one yes. way around the road, right? They're going to they're not going to be able to run a table. They got to beat Houston this week. This is a playoff game for them. I need two teams to get above Dallas, assuming the Giants stay above them. I need, right. out of these, I need Washington, Seattle, or Green Bay, right? Two of those three to push their way past Dallas into the wild card to win that bet at plus 950. If Tennessee sh- beats Green Bay tonight, I think you're on your way. Yeah. You know, and, and then Green Bay's be. got Philadelphia, right? Green Bay has Philly mm-hmm. after this game? Correct. Yep. And you should be seven and five with the Commodores at Houston. Again, kind of a weird spot, but then they come back home and take on Atlanta. You should be sitting seven and five. I want to, so. one other note in this first hodgepodge segment, you know, America's God's gift to America. Will Hill want to talk about Otani today. Very topical, but uh, <laughs> let me ask you this. He also wanted to produce the TV show that gives out the awards. Oh, yeah, too, he's, so he's, he's, unhappy well with, he's unhappy with the 120 minute format. Anyhow, <laughs> I, I, why isn't here's my question why isn't Justin Fields getting getting a lot of talk for MVP of the NFL I mean he's well, playing he's playing two positions too he's quarterback and he's running back show he's well, an outfielder and he's a pitcher what well, the the answer is obvious the Bears are three and seven and they're in last place if the Bears were eight and one 
you might talk about it. But that's why the Angels finished 73 and 89, 33 games back of Houston, 13 games back of the third wild card. I, I just can't stand any of this talk. It's amazing. And yet, you know, there is some people out there who work for the worldwide leader who mm. actually have played quarterback in the league before, mm. you know, who ran out of an end zone and got a safety. I won't oh, mention no. who, but they think he should, he thinks he should be the, he tweeted it out. Okay. You know, he's tweeted out that he should be the MVP. Like, at what point does not – the most valuable player means you win. You win games for your team. If Bradley – if, if, if we remove you, you, we won't win. If Bradley Beal averaged 42 points a game for a Washington team that was 20 games under 500, he wouldn't even be talked about for him. It's simple. You have to win. George Gervin should have been the MVP yep. every year. Yep. Monty Hall – Will Hill, Shohei Otani, that's a hell of a 10 minutes. And by the way, Mike Palm would have made a great game show host. Oh, Don't forget brilliant. to spay and neuter your pets, I mean, he needs and we'll the be back in two and microphone. two. He needs the mic- match game microphone. <laughs> yeah, the long skinny one. The long skinny one. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you're listening to the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM. The king of sports books unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas. Of course, the BetMGM rewards. So this is simple. It's like, like a credit card. You go to BetMGM.com or download the app. You make a bet. You get points. You can use those points for free bets. You can use those points. If you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can convert them into dining, shows, hotel rooms. It's just a great loyalty program over at BetMGM. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. Again, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Okay, Mike Palm's been cooking in the lab coming up with his Palm's <laughs> pressing three. We will, he's going to take over here in a second. We will also get an official, not necessarily play, but a lean from Mike Palm and Michael Lombardi on the kickoff to week 11 tonight in Green Bay. That's coming up, but the floor is yours, Mike Palm, number one. Michael, you used to have a terrific segment on the Lombardi line that focused on decoding coach speak. Please yeah. decode the following for us. Sean okay. McVay was quoted this week as saying 
It hasn't been communicated to me whether Matt Stafford has a concussion or not or what exactly is going on. Excuse me? You have a franchise quarterback and the head coach is not aware of his health status? And this, well, was ex- I mean, and this is, was acceptable for McVay and acceptable for the media who didn't follow up. What is really going on here? Why would he play Stafford behind a banged-up offensive line? His wife, Kelly Stafford, was very emotional and crying in her weekly podcast about the prospects of her husband playing, Michael. Well, I think to me, you know, having a concussion is a little like pregnancy, right? You either are or you're not, right? So you're in the protocol or you're not in the protocol. And so he was missed last week in the protocol. Like, I don't know what memo that wasn't circulating around the Rams offices. And I know McVay works from home quite a bit. I don't think people understand the Rams have this magnificent stadium and they're building a state-of-the-art facility, but they haven't completed it. So they really work out of trailers and they work out of cramped quarters up in Thousand Oaks. And McVay works a lot from home and texts and talks, you know, from there. So maybe there's been some miscommunication. Maybe the, 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 the homing pigeons haven't quite got to his estate up there in, in Thousand Oaks or wherever he lives. But you're either in cushion per protocol or you're not. And you've got to pass certain tests. And I agree with Kelly. Like, I don't think he should go on the road in New Orleans with a desperate team that, against a really bad offensive line. Now you're on your, I think you're on your fourth left tackle. The kid, Austin, the, the, the rookie they had, the free agent that was starting, he just got put on IR. I mean, you're, the team's depleted, and Cooper Cup is gone. Like, I think it's just time to take your medicine and go home and play. I actually would play Bryce Perkins and run the six-back offense. Thank you, Michael. Question two. One might assume that the quarterback of America's team would be under heavy scrutiny, but somehow Dak Prescott seems to get a pass. Granted, he's had injuries, some of them even gruesome, but you can you remember or name a big game that he's won or a memorable moment that he's authored? Let's not forget that the Cowboys played at least as well, if not better, with Cooper Cush as the starting quarterback. Is Dak Prescott truly a franchise quarterback for the Cowboys? Well, I, I think the more you watch Cooper Rush and you see the difference between Cooper Rush and Dak, you don't sit there and say, wow, we're back. Our offense is back. I think it was really bad in Green Bay. The turnover that he had in Green Bay was on C.D. Lamb, but it was also on him. I think it was also on the play calling. I think a lot of this goes together because the word you use is franchise. And so when you use the word franchise to the quarterback, you're saying we don't have to manage him. We can run any offense. When you say Kellen Moore, Kellen uh, Cooper Rush, we got to manage him. You run a certain offense. And to me, I think what we saw with Green Bay on Sunday what we see with, with Cooper Rush played is all quarterbacks need to get managed. And I think that's really specific for Dak Prescott. And I think he can be effective, but he's not a just roll the ball out there and let's go play and let him carry the team on his back. He needs help. He needs support. He needs Tony Pollard. He needs Zeke Elliott. He needs all these guys to come through for him and make plays. And there's going to be two or three a game where he's not very accurate on. So I think a lot of it is the verbiage used around the player. Is he a franchise player? No. Can you win with them? Yes. But you paid him like a franchise. But let's not confuse money. Again, this I'll borrow Vinny line. Let's not confuse polls with prices. Let's not confuse what you paid him for being a franchise quarterback. Mike Palm, you tried to get rid of me. You can't do it. Doing a great job. Number three, 
I never try to get rid of you, Patrick. I want more, more, more Maher. <laughs> Question three. Michael, would you be shocked if Green Bay or Tampa Bay made it to the NFC title game? Neither team has been ravaged by injuries. Tampa likely to win the South and have a home playoff game. Would you want to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs versus Kirk Cousins or Jalen Hurts? Well, look, I would say this. A lot of Tampa's problems. Now, Bruce Arians came out and said the quarterback was playing poorly. I I didn't see that. You know, I I saw the quarterback not having a lot of weapons around him. But as they get healthier and they get this offensive line a little back together again and find a running game, again, Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls. He still needs to have a running game. He can't throw it 50 times. And so there's more balance. And if they get healthier on defense – and Akeem Hicks can stay healthy inside, and they get another inside player to go along with Vita Vey, they can easily beat anybody on any given Sunday because the quarterback's so good. Here's what makes them special. Unless Leftwich decides to run the halfback pass again, you know, they're not going to turn the ball over that much. So you're going to have a quarterback who protects the ball. I can't see Green Bay getting there because Green Bay's run defense, they never get control of the game, right? So whenever you – Seattle couldn't run the ball on on – on 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 uh, Tampa Bay that allowed them that allowed Tampa Bay to get control of the game right Green Bay you always seem to be able to get control of the game and I think that offensive line for Green Bay and the lack of production from the receiver would eliminate them with Evans and Godwin getting better I could see Tampa being a team that would be hard to play come playoff time How's the handle been on those Germany slash London games there at Circa Mike Palm they're decent. You know, you get people, if they're not here in the morning, uh, to bet them Saturday night before they leave. Or you get the action on the app. And you, you know what you get? You get a lot of second half yeah. and in-game wagering because people wake up in the middle of the second quarter, right? And, and, and then they, they want to have action on the game. So you get, actually, as a percentage of the handle on the game, more in-game on those early games than even the, the, the Monday night or Sunday night game. You know, last night, I, I, when I, after I got done talking, I, I was hanging around a bunch of the, 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 the men and women from Raymond James. And Raymond James, the company, had an event in Munich because they have a huge office over there. So two of the guys that I was talking with, they were at the game. And there were 3 million ticket requests for the game, and they only had 70,000 people that they could afford to get in there. They said it was the most festive game they've ever been to in their entire life. It looked like that it. 30... 30 minutes after the game, 30 minutes after the game, the, the 80% of the crowd was still sitting in the stands, and Brady was got done his interviews and waved to everybody. The crowd erupted. I mean, there will be more games in Munich. There will be more games in Germany, and I would not be surprised if there's an NFL franchise in my lifetime in Germany. Yeah, the atmosphere was electric, and you've talked about how Germany, of the European countries, they're the football fanatics as far as NFL football. Okay, who are you going to need tonight first? Let's start there, Circa. Green Bay laying three. DraftKings is laying three and a half with Tennessee. We'll start with who do you, who do you think you're going to need at the book there, Mike? Well, right now, uh, the three biggest positions are uh, we need Tennessee first half. They bet the Packers minus two and a half first half. Bet the Packers on the money line, so we wouldn't mind Tennessee. Right now, things could change. Winning the game, and then they laid three with the Packers. We're at three minus 120 uh, and 41, almost no decision and very little handle on the total so far, Patrick. Okay. Yeah. Mike, uh, Michael, do you have a lean this evening, 341? I would say this. If you're playing Tennessee, you want to play the under. I mean, Tennessee needs a 17-10 game, 17-14. They need a slow-paced game. I think the under, if you like Tennessee, 
play the under. And if you like Green Bay, consider the under because you know Tennessee's not going to score a lot of points. They just don't do that. That's not who they are. And if they try to score a lot of points, they turn the ball over. They'll make a mistake because they don't have receivers or the skill to really challenge. And they've got to be able to control the ball. They need to keep the ball 35 minutes. And you're going to get a lot of Henry tonight, which I think lends to it. I like the Titans at three and a half. I think if I had a play, I think Green Bay is going to win the game. But I never underestimate the Titans. Here's the advantage the Titans will have is in the kicking game. Now, I know Josh Lambeau's the kicker, but I think each kicker will cancel each other out. I think in the return game, particularly the Packers, which do not do a good job. They fired Amari Rodgers. They got rid of him. So he turned the ball over. He's fumbled five times in his, in, in, as a returner. I think the, the Titans have an advantage there, and they got to utilize it. And that return game will make a huge difference. Michael, what, Guarantee. What, is your, ahead, Mike. what is your, real quick, what is your, your number on Minnesota and Dallas this week? I had Minnesota should have been favored by one and a half. Okay. I agree what, with what you. What about you, Paul? I agree with you. I, I, and I think, you know, the more Minnesota keeps winning these games, the more confidence Cousins have. And a, an average to a little above average quarterback with confidence can be dangerous. I think I it's guess. harder to play in Minnesota when those fans are that They're going to be even more into the game than they've ever been. <laughs> My guess is you're going to lean under 41 tonight, Mike Palm. That's just a that's just a hunch. Uh, I'll True? start there and, and then go from there. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Palm's he'll get in game is what he's going to do. <laughs> Michael, you travel safely back to Ocean Thank City, you, buddy. Thank, Thank you, Mike. Okay. Palm. Thank, Mike Palm. You, Michael. Thank you as Thank always. You. Always look forward to Palm on Thursdays. Lombardi lines back tomorrow. Big bets is next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.